called Jesse, aka the Bizzle. Oh, the Bizzle. Thank you. <laughs> the Bizzle. Thank you, the Bizzle. Yeah. The Bizzle. All right, ladies and gentlemen of the Bizzle cast, welcome back to another episode of the Awkward Controllers. And we got the Dream Team back together finally with Ethan, aka uh, uh, L underscore Fedorable, and Austin is back with us finally. We are extremely pumped about it. Um, and so, uh, because it's been a while, Austin, first of all, welcome back. It's great to have you. We've all been chatting over the months and it's great. We finally got you back on, bud. Yeah, it's great to be back. It's just, uh, feels, feels normal. <laughs> and based on like pre E3, all this insanity that we're going to talk about, it's perfect timing. We got tons of oh. topics. Yep. We got lots lost the cover <laughs> and uh, ethan uh welcome back my dude um i uh i i, I look forward to see where the where, where the the sort of three-way uh debate goes in this particular podcast but it will be fun <laughs> i hate all of you leave me alone because <laughs> <laughs> ethan's a closet bethesda lover <laughs> <laughs> Um, so you keep saying that, but I'm the most uh, neutral here. So. Yeah, but I, I'm actually I'm in an amazing mood. I'm totally amped. And uh, before we're gonna introduce a bunch of topics having to do leading up to E3 and surrounding stuff that we're excited about, that we're perplexed about, that we have laughs about, and all, all sorts of stuff. I'm totally amped. First of all, a month ago, my Mac was dead. I wasn't sure the PC rig was ever going to work. My microphone was dead. I was literally trying to use shitty software and a shitty mic on a 2011 ThinkPad. It was so depressing. And now everything is working and I'm, I'm reaching new levels of what I'm able to do with all these computers and equipment. And in a very short amount of time, Bizzlecast listeners, just as a general announcement, I'm going to be able to do live simulcast video and audio uh, recordings um, with other, uh, well, maybe with these guys, but definitely with some of my other contributors and some new people who I'm bringing on and also offering my services to other people with some great software and hardware uh, that Ethan has hooked me up with and uh, that Austin has also contributed. Contributed uh, some some advice to, so I'm pumped about that. I'm also pumped because in my with my new Verizon wireless upgrade, I have free uh, Apple Music, which is exactly the same as Spotify. But when you have an iPhone, it's completely seamlessly uh, integrated with all your other music. And it's just unlimited free music. I don't even need to connect to my computer. I downloaded Modern Warfare 2, Modern Warfare 3, Black Ops, Black Ops 2, uh, World War 2, all the Uncharted soundtracks, all the uh, Mass Effect soundtracks, the Horizon soundtracks, the Witcher soundtracks. It's literally about 500 tracks and like 15 hours long. I put it in a giant playlist over the last three days, guys. I have just been rocking like a motherfucker, uh, and I'm sure I'm missing some games that I got to get in there at some point. So I am just loving life right now. The Call of Duty, I, I forget, dude. Hans Zimmer, Brian Tyler, uh, um, Henry Jackman, who like do the Avengers movies, and Hans Zimmer, who's like the greatest composer ever. That's not John Williams does these soundtracks. It's so thrilling. It's such a great way to get pumped up. 
Uh, and so I've been loving life for that reason as well. And of course, with the dream team back together with great topics, including Jedi Fallen Order, which we'll save until a little bit later, among many other things. Uh, we had some very, very hilarious conversation over the last couple hours that I, uh, cop- I copied and pasted some of it into a document. So I make sure we don't miss uh, some of it. Um, and so, uh, before we get started, um, Austin, how have you been doing, um, and any opening thoughts or slash opening salvos before we dive in to the madness that is pre E3? Well, you know, I biggest, um, Microsoft fanboy here. So, you know, I got high hopes for, um, Microsoft. Are you w- wearing uh, Xbox deodorant and or body spray right now? <laughs> <laughs> I, I have to go find some. As soon as I find some, you know I'm gonna I'm gonna tweet at you. I'll show everybody. It's, it's almost adorable how much Microsoft tries to be hip. And while I think that the the branding of this is kind of brilliant because it's so off brand in a way and completely irrelevant, it's just very cute. They're always trying yeah. to be hip and they come up with this bizarre stuff. But you know what? Why not? You know, they're going to be giving it out for free and E3 and all that stuff, you know, all the swag and so forth. It's great branding. Uh, they've always had, you know, good aesthetics with the Xbox. I don't know where this came from. Had you guys heard that this like body wash campaign was happening with Xbox? And do you have any idea, Ethan, uh, why, how this is happening? Probably just someone, it's probably just someone's sick joke at the office that actually turned into something real. (laughs) I mean, look, what's the best swag when you go to something like a convention is usable swag, right? I mean, you can only have Mm -hmm. so many t-shirts that are uncomfortable and don't fit, you know, and like postcards, posters, like, you know, I mean, look, we always need deodorant antiperspirant, right? And body wash. So why not? Mm -hmm. It's great Mm -hmm. branding. I I mean... They probably went to like a Halo tournament and smelled it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, you know what? I wonder if they also have branded um, uh, hand um, uh, uh, antibacterial stuff as well uh, because of all yeah. the the convention sickness that goes around. I just thought of oh, right. Oh my goodness! Yeah. That's a great call. All the nerds are so smelly at these things. They don't sleep. <laughs> they don't shower. They don't eat properly. It's hot as hell. They're sweating. Their aren't there, so the gaming company has to take on. Let's be honest. <laughs> many of them are, you know, older than me to middle-aged and overweight, you know, which doesn't help the situation. Um uh and uh yeah the more i think about it the more brilliant it is who cares well, let's, we, we've got we've got more important microsoft stuff now to they, talk about now they now they just need a razor for the neck beards exactly <laughs> yeah I, I didn't want to mention the neck beards but that's definitely in the oh, equation no. okay so i'm gonna tease the topics and then i'm going to throw it back and forth between the two of you guys here's what i got from our pregame uh, GameStop is Blockbuster Video. Um, w- there, we'll get to that. Destiny 2 with Google Stadia and Google Stadia in general. Um, we're going to talk about that. Uh, and uh, Sony confirms that PlayStation will not only have the PS5 can play 
PS4 games, but apparently PS4 was going to be able to play PS5 games, which seems impossible. Um, or maybe I'm misinterpreting, or it's more complicated. I'll, I'll wait till we get to that topic, and you guys can explain it to me. Uh, but they did confirm SSD as standard, which is great. And uh, in, in the shocker of the century, the only guy douchier than Trip Hawkins, who's the founder of EA, is Todd Howard from Bethesda. Uh, but he's giving, especially if EA kills it with Fallen Order and some of their upcoming titles, modern, um, not Modern Warfare, but you know some of their other big stuff. Uh, it's possible that Todd Howard will take the ultimate douche award uh, away. And I'm not talking about you know Sean Murray, who was a douche for like a year and a half to two years. I'm talking about decades of being a completely uh, just moronic douchebag uh, with a company running a company. Company with so many resources into the ground, Todd Howard might take that over. Those are just some of the topics we are going to talk about. Um, also, uh, towards the end, um, you know, uh, Austin, uh, Ethan, and I try and talk about games that we play um, early on. Um, it hasn't been productive recently because Ethan's all Destiny, and I haven't had my systems, and I'm taking a, a console break, and so for me, it's just like Civ Six and Starcraft and whatever. Um, but since we've even talked with you in a while at the, at some point, um, either in the middle to break it up or at the end, I'd love to hear what you've been playing the last, uh, few months, um, and, and so forth. Um, but, uh, uh, first of all, uh, guys, um, as we talked about, uh, ahead of time, I, I think, uh, we have some, um, announcements, uh, that people are going to be very excited about. Um, let me just scroll up. Um, to where we talked about this. It's a little hard to scroll up um, in, uh, in Discord. Um, okay, so let's see. Uh, so first of all, um, it turns out that um, uh, Final Fantasy VII is going to be blocked between uh, behind a thousand paywalls and tons of loot boxes. In fact, you can't even play the main character Cloud apparently uh, without you know a hundred hours of grinding or a thousand dollars of loot boxes. Um, uh, I'm sure you guys have heard this as well, right? That was all satire. Um, nope, it's totally true. Um, and uh, think about uh, grinding for Vader when Battlefront 2 first came out. Uh, th- that's, that's what you'll have to do for the main characters um, and even his haircut. Um, by the way, uh, we are expecting an announcement. Well, I had heard, Ethan, they are announcing both Half-Life 3 and 4, but you corrected me that it's actually Half-Life <laughs> 2.8, um, which, which, was a, which was a nice little observation there. Yeah. Yes, entirely. Yeah, it's gonna um, turn into the Kingdom Hearts. <laughs> but back to Final Fantasy VII. It turns out that because Americans still can't speak Japanese and Japanese people still can't speak uh, English, uh, it's not actually a Final Fantasy VII remake. It's actually a Final Fantasy IV remake. So sorry, guys. <laughs> <laughs> We're just getting the lying satire going here to prepare you for some of the weirdness. This, this is the greatest news podcast in the history. Absolutely, <laughs> absolutely, absolutely. Breaking news: We're yep, all we in. Yep. Also, um, <laughs> Bungie has bought Activision, 
Um, yeah. Uh, so they own Battle.net, a StarCraft, uh, Call of Duty, and so forth. So don't believe all the banners and so forth that make you think that Destiny is just, you know, a, a glomming on to their former partners. Bun- Bungie actually has bought Activision. Um, also, uh, Visceral Games has been reorganized. Uh, they are independent now, and they are making a better game than St- Jedi Fallen Order. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and it turns out that Jedi Fallen Order, uh, you play eight-year-old Anakin Skywalker the entire time. Uh, so um, I know everyone is thrilled about that. Yeah, and then there's going to be Snoke DLC. Yeah, um, and there's going to be a lot of sand, and they're going to complain about the sand constantly because <laughs> that's what happens in the Star Wars prequels, which everybody loves. Um, the main but- feature of the game is pod racing as well. <laughs> Uh, but there's actually, to get a little serious, we'll get into the topics here. There's a lot to be excited about uh, with Jedi Fallen Order. We've talked about it before. We keep getting more reports, and they keep sticking on schedule and doing this exactly right. But I want to save that for later. We've got a lot of topics. So, um, Ethan, your senior co- uh, video game contributor, um, would you mind if I, since it's been a while, if I throw it to Austin to pick the first topic to talk about? Letting other people make the I don't specific. really need your permission, uh, but I'm trying to be a nice guy. I really here. know what to Unbelievable about, that you would let someone else make a decision besides me, Jesse. Come See, on. See, this is the relationship with Ethan. I even offered to buy Ethan a video camera so we could do it, and he made me feel like a horrible person for offering to buy him a video camera. Um, <laughs> he gave me a I humongous guilt trip. He said, I won't use it. I'll return it. I'll absolutely refuse it. I, so this is what I deal with, guys. <laughs> I, I didn't want anybody to see that I was not using Xbox body wash and uh, <laughs> to wear a fedora. So... Um, Eth- oh my god, Ethan, can we do that as like a first sketch when we do a video thing? And I'll and what I'll do is I'll, I'm going to print out a bunch of Sony labels and I'll uh, tape them over like my normal shampoo and stuff and uh, I'll cover myself <laughs> in, in Sony soap and you can cover yourself in Xbox body wash. So, okay, Ethan, fuck you. Uh, Austin, go first. Pick a topic. Go. All right, I'm not really sure what to talk about, but let's <clears throat> let's jump right into well, the look, Cadia. Look, look, let's look. There's Nintendo, there's Sony, and there's Microsoft. And as we've been saying for months, literally since the last time you were on, because we've known that Sony and Nintendo weren't going to be super involved. So it was months ago, but even back then, Austin, we were like, this is Microsoft's E3 to lose. But yeah. even I must admit that it's looking much better for Microsoft at the moment. Um, just as an example, they've managed to spin it as if uh, Jedi Fallen Order is an exclusive of theirs. Although, as I pointed out, Sony is loving it because 80% of the units are still going to be sold. Uh, the console units are still yep. going to go to Sony, so it's really free advertising for them. But it's a brilliant move to make it seem like it's an exclusive. Um, why don't you talk about the fact that Microsoft is saying that m- most of uh, the games that they're featuring are exclusives other than Fallen Order, which is being very heavily promoted for the Xbox? Is that a good place to start? 
Yeah, I actually, I mean, I actually have a quick. I confirm that as well. I just want to follow up with that. It, I believe an article said that they have unbelievable, weeks. Ethan. Unbelievable that you would interrupt me after that big <laughs> fucking guilt trip. Unreal. Um, <laughs> I saw. I read an article that they that they're going to announce fourteen exclusive titles. Uh, I just wanted to tack that on there. Like, what? How do yeah. you feel about that? What I also for? want to point out we've been recording for 17 minutes and have literally said nothing true or important this is why i love this (laughs) podcast so actually what i said was true and important but that's okay well right everything you say is true and important everything i say is wrong even when i make correct predictions you have revisionist history uh and forget that i make those predictions but we'll get back to that with bethesda um so uh austin are you deferring here do you want to defer to ethan um, no, I was following I, up with it. I was following up. Yeah, he brought up. That's he what I was brought doing. Up, uh, the fourteen exclusives. I'm, I'm really excited for um, what Xbox has to show because not only are they going to show Xbox stuff, but they they got a lot of PC stuff that they want to show off too. Okay, break it down. Show, like, break it down. Let's work top down on this. Give us the big right. headlines that we either know or are rumored. Um, and then we'll, Ethan and I will, as you introduce it, we'll, especially Ethan will, will, cause I don't know shit about this, uh, will contribute, but why don't you just introduce some of the big Microsoft stuff? Yeah. So they wanted to show off about three PC games and then they wanted to launch their, um, what is it? The, uh, the PC game pass or whatever that is. I wouldn't be surprised that they're like, oh yeah, the game pass is live mm-hmm. right now. <laughs> You know, just another one of those drop it right now moments that they did. Oh, um, and quick, sorry, quick sidebar. Uh, I'm going to give Ethan a compliment and then he's going to insult me because that's what he does, which is now that the tower is functioning amazingly, I'm back on the PC Master Race train, baby. <laughs> so I'm excited too. Go ahead. Yeah, um, I, I want to see a lot from uh, Halo Infinite because I know that was pushed with like a very heavy, like, PC base, yes. Um, like environment, like they want to put it on PC and like have it so that you know everything connects with the Xbox and stuff like that. But um, I wouldn't be surprised if like they drop Master Chief Collection also on PC. Oh, God. Like just like if it, imagine like E three, hey, Master Chief Collection is live right now and reaches out and like that. I'll flip my shit if that happens. Okay. But. Ethan one Bizzle zero, uh, in terms of agreement with Austin, I could care less about halo, but I'm way wrong. I, I, I predicted that there wasn't much interest in bringing halo back. And I, I fully admit that I was wrong about that because I'm biased and I don't care. <laughs> we can talk about death Stranding later. It's okay. <laughs> oh Kojima oh, oh we no. are having the entire middle section of this is going to be about Kojima because he is yep. off his fucking rocker and whether it's video games or actors or writers or any creative types I love people who are just insane brilliant geniuses and so while I still have no idea what the fuck this is I really want to talk about Kojima but let's save that for now if that's cool we'll save it for Sony yeah. No. All right. So, so what else we got from Microsoft? Give me some specifics. Rumored to have um, plans for the Xbox Five, like next gen. Some some next gen stuff is rumored, but I I, I don't know about that. I don't, I don't see it. But I don't know. Halo Five, Halo Infinite might be on next gen, but uh, I wouldn't really count on it. <laughs> I Can I bring in a big topic here? And Ethan, I know we disagree. Would you mind if I? 
because we talked about our differences about what we think Microsoft's going to do in the next generation. Um, and Austin wasn't privy to that. So I'm going to follow Austin's thought, give what I think might happen um, and why we haven't heard. Um, but also, uh, this is related to that the, the Sony has said, as you and I do agree, Ethan, uh, they are not sure what the fuck they're going to do after PlayStation 5. They basically came out and said it. I mean, you know, who knows why they're saying it and how much is truthful, but uh, some high-up interviews were saying, we're very confident about the PS5. It might be our last traditional console. In Austin, my prediction was, I think because Microsoft has got the PC Master Race thing going and PlayStation is murdering them in consoles and will probably murder them with the PlayStation 5, that I think Microsoft is going to start trying to bridge computers, consoles, and home media centers with the next generation. I don't know what it's going to look like. I don't know what it's going to cost. But I think them trying to do a straight-up Xbox console for $499 to $599 going up against the same price and specs basically with PlayStation. Let me put it this way. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I don't think it's going to look like the PS5. Ethan doesn't necessarily agree with that. Ethan, I'll let you respond, and then Austin can weigh in on it. Yeah, I mean, so... That is a real story about PS5, by the way. Sorry, Sony came out today. It was one of the front page articles I read online up that saying they're very unsure about after PS5. Go ahead, bud. Yeah, um... So Xbox, the Xbox units are already, since the 360, have been media slash game devices. That's been the biggest pro mm-hmm. to having an Xbox versus a PlayStation is it's your music device, it's your Blu-ray device, it's your whole media center device as well. Um, and so, uh, like you were saying, you expect the Xbox to be the super all-around system in the household. That's one of my uh, predictions. My bigger prediction is that they're not going to go toe-to-toe with the PS5 as a straight console. I've given you a few ideas of what I think it might be because, again, they've already been... You know, a lot of people use their Xbox. <laughs> Let's be honest, man. A lot of people use their Xbox as a media center already, and they have Windows on their computers, and so it makes sense for them to combine all of their strengths, whereas Sony literally only has the PlayStation. And Austin, as... A, I, I talked with Ethan in a recent, relatively recent podcast. You know, Sony used to be the most, uh, the, the richest all around consumer electronics company in the world with televisions, uh, cassettes, CD ROMs, like all media, everything. And now, mm-hmm. other than a few things, they've got the PlayStation making them money and they are bleeding everywhere else. And now that they're even renting Spider Man to Marvel and Sony Studios is putting out absolute shite. They got nothing going on. On television i mean it's a total disaster outside of the playstation so sony has to make the playstation 5 work whereas microsoft has obviously so much going for them that was my main <laughs> point yeah the the, the and the, the direction i'm trying to i think that microsoft will go with is they will continue to sell an xbox as we know it today mm-hmm just and to compete with the PS5, but they will not be trying to directly mm-hmm. destroy the PS5 or take over the console market. 
Rather, they are trying to stay in the console market, and I think they will do that with this generation. However, the way they're going to pivot is unlike last generation where they made so many Xbox Ones, Mm -hmm. and there are still so many Xbox Ones on shelves sitting in warehouses that didn't sell. Mm -hmm. They lost so much money on that. And so Mm -hmm. what they will do is they they will take more of a Nintendo approach where they will make a certain amount of them, they will see how they sell, they will make more as needed, and but rather than that, with the whole Games Pass system for PC, with all of the exclusives being on Game Pass, the, the pivot is put our games everywhere mm-hmm. and sell an Xbox to people who want an Xbox, mm-hmm. rather than let's try to beat the PS5 for people who have one console in their home, right? I have an idea. So that, that's, that's, that's the position I think they're taking. Let's do a little exercise here. Let's do a little exercise. Um... And we'll throw out a bunch of things that Microsoft might, could, should do to separate themselves, okay? And then the three of us will weigh in on it. We'll go around, okay? So one is, uh, let me just go to the nerd one, which is better specs and either the same price or not that much more expensive. Agree, disagree, uh, other, yeah. It needs to be at least the same, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Okay. So that was a lame one. So let me do another one. Um, two, uh, it, that it has some sort of expanded... Because let's be honest. I, the, <laughs> I mean, <clears throat> I, I, I used to watch Netflix and all that stuff on the PlayStation. A PlayStation Media Center is absolute shite. The PlayStation mm-hmm. Plus, mostly absolute shite. As soon as I got a $20 Kindle Fire stick for my TV, I never used my PlayStation again for Media Center. Microsoft has done this much better. So some form of them doing a suit, even if it's not a full household thing, Ethan, do you agree that it could be beneficial, some sort of clearly superior uh, multimedia offerings as part of the unit? Yeah, I think I think they will either uh, expand or continue to put in the same media systems, uh, but with upgrades from Windows 10. Because when the Xbox One came out, the media systems was from Windows 8 or Um, Windows 7. Austin, I'm going to follow up on that. Austin, I want to give you a chance to weigh in um, my follow-up and then Ethan. Uh, So, Austin, what might some of those specifics look like in your mind? Either things you've heard, think are likely, or just think would be cool within this sort of more than a console that could help separate the Xbox? Um. There's not really much I can think of besides like uh Let's put it this way. I give you $500, you get a PS5 or an Xbox, right? Uh And let's say that we're going to get to the exclusives in the games in a second, okay? So what are some of the features they could offer at the same price uh, that would... let's, Let's ignore the fact that at the moment it still seems like they don't have as many exclusives. We'll get to that in a second. So other than exclusives, what are some features that would attract you to the Xbox other than your sort of brand loyalty to Microsoft, which I want to kind of disqualify for now as we try and be somewhat objective. Yeah. Um, I do remember that uh, a couple years ago at E3, they showed their like HoloLens or like their technology with their alternate 
alternate reality and stuff like that mm. or like augmented reality I, I, if they showed more of stuff like that and like had more support for games that way i'd probably lean towards microsoft's side um and not get the uh, ps5 because like i have a lot of friends who are getting the ps5 but i was mm. like really hopeful that xbox was going to bring something crazy out mm-hmm. and um you know just besides like all the specs and all the uh, other stuff i want the online just to have like a community the same way as like it was around the xbox 360 time because like you know this is the good old days <laughs> i have a specific thing but ethan i want to give you a chance to respond to that uh no i mean pretty much the same comment like okay we we we, we uh, xbox's press conference is this sunday we will find out 99 percent of the information there like yeah. We, we, we have information about the PS5 though at least we can talk about mm-hmm. with the new Xbox we don't even know what it's called mm-hmm. so all we know is that Xbox is going to make it better or comparable right mm-hmm. like so until and the only other thing we know is they have 14 exclusives like mm-hmm. that doesn't mean that doesn't mean anything either like that just mm-hmm. means they have 14 cool games to show us mm-hmm. uh, okay so, go ahead and say what you wanted to say uh, VR um, so Look, I'm not into VR, and like 3D movies, it makes me kind of nauseous from what I've seen. Now, I haven't used that really, the high-end stuff. Now, we know that the PlayStation VR, because it's so compatible and relatively cheap, has done well. We know because the Oculus and some of the other ones are expensive, they've had some up and downs. But Oculus is making a lot of moves. Let me give you an example. So... uh, uh, so Austin, you know I'm really into point-and-click adventure stuff. We talked about this. Um, it, the really simple stuff like Life is Strange, but also the guys who do the Myst games and they're now yeah. doing the next generation like Abduction and they're kickstarting one. When you install Abduction on your PC, it immediately offers you support for uh, two different versions of Oculus and at least one other VR right off the bat. Okay. Um, now, Ethan, we've also talked about how John Car- Carmack, right, is involved yeah. with, with yeah, Oculus? Car- Carmack, last I checked, was still working on yeah. the Oculus, correct. Yeah, who's only the genius behind Wolfenstein Doom, completely revolutionizing, blah, 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 read Masters of Doom, revolutionizing computers, inventing the first-person genre. Um, and he won the battle with John Romero, kicked John Romero out, who hasn't done much, but John Carmack has stayed in the business behind the scenes, and I know a lot of people who really like the Oculus because it's not the most expensive, um, uh, and ha- they just have to find the right price point. Um, but the fact that the people behind like the extended sort of missed projects, um, which do require tons of graphics, but at the same time, uh, unlike first person shooters, which can make you really nauseous, it's first person and you're moving around in these crazy 3D environments, but because you're not running around shooting, it's so immersive. Like it's beautiful on my screen, but that is something I could totally see getting me into VR. And when you have geniuses like John Carmack behind the scenes working on it, VR could be something. So, uh, Ethan, I'll throw this to you first. Um, is Microsoft, um, what's Microsoft's involvement up to this point? Um, directly or indirectly with VR, and do you see that as being something that they work in sooner rather than later? And again, it's again, not, it's, it's really totally quick, possible. And again, 
you know, you guys know a lot more about Microsoft and what's connected with Xbox versus the PCs. And so feel free for our listeners who know even less than me to talk about like, this is realistic on the PC, maybe the Xbox, you know, you can make that distinction, obviously. Yeah, I mean, so a, cu- a couple things come to mind. Go. So since we haven't heard anything about Microsoft proprietary VR, so in my mind, it's possible that because they're doing this whole link with PC and the Xbox, it's possible that they add support or allow start to allow uh, Oculus, HTC, Valve, all the big major VR companies to say, hey, you want to develop for our platform? Go right ahead. Um, so it's possible that they it's possible they announce their own VR system. It's possible that they just say, "Hey guys, you got a VR system? Mm-hmm. You're making VR. Come develop our system because we don't want to spend the money on R and D for our own VR headset." Yeah, I now, don't think they ever wanted to. And again, yeah. Sony has to make all their own stuff, their own games, their own VR because this is their only business. Microsoft, oh dude, yeah, Austin, let's work this in. Since you were last on PlayStation, Sony has gone from saying no crossplay to limited crossplay to full crossplay to a long-term deal working on cloud services and artificial intelligence with their biggest console competitor for the last 20 years, Microsoft, in a very public statement that was on the front page of both Sony's and Microsoft's site, which is clearly a response to Google Stadia, who is a competitor. Uh, but, but it's very confusing because now Google Stadia is getting involved in all this, but clearly Sony and Microsoft think they can accomplish something. And so it's getting very muddied, Ethan. I think you were hinting at this, which is like Microsoft has their hands in so many things and they develop so many things. They don't have to do proprietary for everything if they can work it all into their various systems, right? Right. And and since the, the, other, the other benefit to having HTC... Uh, the Vive, the Oculus, and uh, whatever the Valve headsets are called, which apparently is like super dope, um, is if you if you let the if you let the third parties go at it, then then you have that those headsets working on both your PC games and the Xbox games, rather than making your own headset to have to work with both the Xbox and the PC, mm-hmm. which adds a huge benefit. Mm-hmm. Um, now, at the same time, the PlayStation VR is extremely successful, right? It doesn't have a ton of games. There's not, it's not very, um, how do I say, uh, VR is still not cheap. VR is still not accessible to the vast public, right? It's still $400, $300, whatever it costs right now. Mm -hmm. But um, it is the cheapest Mm -hmm. VR to get into at the same time. Well, here's the Uh, thing. There there are some very playable experiences there. Here's the thing. And this goes back to the Mist games. Uh, so Cyan is, you know, the company. Uh, although Ubisoft has, you know, published a lot of their games over the years, um, which is another major reason why Cyan Worlds, doing the Mist games, uh, tend to have way more money than it seems on the surface because of Ubisoft. Um, but <laughs> look, whether you're talking about Life is Strange or Mist. Uh, or or uh, Austin, when we talked about David Cage games, mm-hmm. we can call them walking simulators, right? And yeah, for much. me and you, <laughs> when they're well done, it's a compliment. 
Like mm-hmm. the fun part of Mist isn't, you know, racking your brains to solve a puzzle for hours, you know. It's walking around the environments and really feeling like you're in the world. And let's be honest, whether it's one of the whether it's ab- abduction where you're mostly walking around and it's like this really creepy uh, Western crossed with like Bioshock Infinite dystopia world that you have no idea what the fuck is going on um, mixed with mist. Uh, it's pretty bizarre. It's kind of scary and fun. But again, it's mostly walking around exploring things. David Cage games also, but there is dialogue and there is interaction um, or like the Star Trek bridge thing like which i know isn't great but that's not a game and and, you know you know how like some board and card games are so simple it's more like an activity or like anything like uh dixit or charades or something you know apples to apples it's more of an activity than a game right because it's not competitive i think that's great for vr to have activities and immersive experiences that aren't necessarily full on games. Um, uh, and, and that's a really, really cool place to be. And that's why the mist games, you know, work so well. I mean, can you imagine Detroit becoming human, but you're in doing VR with that, you know, a little less intense, for example, um, yeah. or, or, or the life is strange. I mean, life is strange three. I mean, that would be absolutely perfect to do they've, that stuff. Uh, there's been, uh, times that like, I know heavy rain, they used the PlayStation move controller and it was kind of like retails um, for about $12,000 online, by the way, <laughs> or no, not heavy oh rain though. Uh, PT, sorry. The, um, Remember PT? PT oh, yes. was the experimental one by uh, Guillermo del Toro and uh, Kojima that yeah. that they, they took the off the market, and in eBay, it's like twelve thousand dollars. Yeah, somebody made a um, a remake of that. Mm-hmm. They made their own version of it somehow. <laughs> so but, let me um, let me give you some numbers, and this is why Oculus, in addition to having brand loyalty to mostly being reliable from what I understand and keep reducing their prices right now. The Oculus quest is between three ninety nine and four ninety nine. You don't even need a PC for it. And for the rift S, uh, which is PC powered, it starts at three ninety nine and goes up from there. Ethan, correct me if I'm wrong. That is a major price drop from a couple of years ago with the Oculus. Yeah, uh-huh. <laughs> it's huge. And, and, and th- th- that is in response to the fact that all the major VR mm-hmm. companies have their mm-hmm. or projects, I should say, uh, have their next generation VR headset coming out. So the original the original headsets are kind of dip price. That's just how that works. But yep. uh, and by the way, in comparison for oh, spec wise, yep. Uh, just in comparison for spec wise, yep. Like the upgrade the upgrades from the old headsets to the new headsets are just, it's just ridiculously better. Um, but if you're interested in getting into VR, mm-hmm. right, looking up a used Oculus on eBay or something, that's not a bad idea, especially since the new ones are coming out. Because uh, that, that's an easy way to get into VR and test it out and see if you like it. They include two touch controllers, headset, power adapter, all sorts of accessories. Okay. Listen to this for the Rift 5, which starts at $399. Here's the minimum specs. A GTX 1050, a Radeon RX 470, 
but you can use a GTX 960 or a Radeon R9 290. You only need an Intel i3, 8 gigs of RAM, and one USB 3 port. I mean, this is PlayStation VR level of accessibility now, unless I'm missing something. So it varies between games, Mm -hmm. but it also varies for the headset. So the headset, imagine the headset itself is like uh, a monitor, right? And we've, uh, anybody who understands PC monitors, like there's such a wide variety of specs to understand and talk about and see what each monitor does specifically. But on top of that, um, recommended and minimal specs, minimal specs are the better ones to look at because that shows you the exact level of the least thing you need to have to run the game. What you really want to look at is something stronger than the recommended specs because I never trust the recommended but specs here's, for yep, and this is where I'm going, Ethan. Of, these type of thing. The recommended specs add ten to those numbers: GTX 1060, GTX 970, Intel i5. That's it. And I, I, would, they I have, would honestly say better than that, at least GPU wise. That's what recommended. And again, it depends on the game. They have they have an app download that will tell you immediately if your PC is VR ready and you know how VR ready it is. I mean, like this frames, is <laughs> yeah, this is not what the Oculus uh, website and branding looked like a couple of years ago when I started researching this stuff. This is this is I was going to say this is high end consumer stuff, but people can afford this. This is cheaper than the consoles are going to be. Yeah, it, it, it's it's definitely much more affordable than it was. Mm-hmm. And so the next the next big leap for VR mm-hmm. just has to be people developing for it. Ever since last year when we got Beat Saber, easily the greatest VR game of all time, like it, it p- people have been started to develop more and more, and so I'm. I'm excited for the new Rick and Morty uh, VR game that's coming out. Do you know what I want? Um, I want Just Cause Five VR. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure that would be an interesting experience. Yeah. By the way, um, um, it's. I, I I need to correct myself. It's it, not only is it not a fair comparison to compare it to 3D movies, but it's not even in the same class. 3D movies make you sick because it's tricking your eyes and telling your brain something that's not real the the main vr uh, even people have problems with vr it's normally like resident evil or like fast-paced shooters if it's slower paced stuff or again the walking simulators where you can take your time people tend to be able to adapt to it and the technology just keeps getting better and better there's uh that one person theory yeah I'm pretty sure 3D movies still only exist for two reasons. One, to get people, uh, to get the dumb people who still are into it to get to pay more money. Mm-hmm. And B, to fill up a theater for hot new movies coming out to get people to pay more money for the 3D movie when the mm-hmm. 2D theaters are full up. And here's, here's what's also smart. They realize these aren't full games and they're priced between 20 and $30 because, again, they're activities slash experience so can i give you some of them some of them have you heard of blade and sorcery vr fantasy sword fighting Mm -mm. so blade and sorcery vr fantasy sword fighting if it's like if you took sakura and made it vr but not a full game and it was more just about experiencing sword combat with sort of a game but more of just an experience of wielding a sword in a vr thing 20 bucks 20 bucks 
twenty dollars. Well, there's also um, you could play Minecraft in VR for free. Like you, yeah, you can just put the headset on. Yeah. <laughs> that person yep. who spent twenty four hours in Minecraft didn't experience any like dizziness yeah. or anything like that. He wasn't that disoriented or mm-hmm. anything. It's not that bad. <laughs> yeah, I, I've, it, I, I'm saying Blade and Sorcerer, even though it's technically an early access. It's been out for a while, and I've heard people talk about it because it's supposedly pretty cool. I mean, look, it, it it only requires three and a half gigs of space, sixteen gigs of RAM, and a GTX 1070 and an i7. Right. So there you go, Ethan. Right. That's the higher higher mm-hmm. end. But there's still a lot of people yeah, who I, have I that. Would- Right, absolutely. And it, like ever since the RTX cards came out, 1070s are such a good deal to get into. Mm-hmm. That's what I got. A, a, a 1070 is mm-hmm. such it, also like there's such a good price point for such a good card. Yeah, like and the upgraded cards are at a comparable price too. Yeah. Um my issue with just the 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 thing to be wary of with VR is that First of all, it's a subset of gaming, which is already so young as an industry. So you have to recognize that there is such um, there is such a flip flop in quality among the products, and that's what you have to be wary of. I just want to point and out so, real, really quickly both the user reviews, which is well over nine on Steam, and all the critic reviews rave about. The Blade and Sorcery headlines along the lines of how one man redefined VR melee combat physics. Yeah. Yeah. And so you, you have great projects like that coming out. Yep. And on the other end, you just have like, like you just have some just basic stuff that just doesn't and it, it doesn't work out. Um, and that, that's why there's only one or two VR titles that get headlines every mm-hmm. year. Um, and they've only been happening for the past two years or so. So, so remember we talked about the Star Trek bridge thing and you said that, you know, it's kind of buggy, not that good. But if literally the whole Star Trek bridge thing and it worked and was not even a game was just like being a captain, ordering your ship around, playing with the computer systems, taking turbo lifts, doing all that stuff. Like, I know that's not a game. It's an activity. I would easily play twenty, pay twenty thirty dollars, and probably spend an insane amount of time doing it. I like the idea of activities in video game world, and rather than just a normal walking simulator, VR is the much better way to do it. Even though, by the way, full disclosure, I have never even put a VR on my eyes before. So, um, by the way, blade, a blade and sorcery with uh, two thousand reviews on Steam. Even though it's an early access, very positive. Yeah, yeah. No, it, it's, it sounds like an interesting title. I want. I want to see gameplay of this at some point. There's also that CS:GO VR game too, where it's literally just like CS:GO but with VR. Okay. You know, gun so fighting. Let's let's circle back. I think we can agree the smart move for Microsoft is not try to copy PlayStation, but to try and make as much hardware and software to support Oculus and these other companies, right? And that's how they'll make their money and dominate the market. Yeah. Yeah, I mean... Like, whatever and, and, Windows and 11 is. Unless they've already done, yeah. unless they've already done the R&D, yep. and they have, to, they have to do it for five years, yep. waiting for this console to come out, yep. right? Unless that's the case, but I don't yeah. think that's the case. I mean, look, I, I was about to say that Windows 11, or whatever you want to call it, has to have a 1,000% VR compatibility, but you know what? 
Windows 10 has gotten so good and so stable, and and you combine the, the improvement in the VR hardware and software technology, they don't even need Windows 11. I mean, they just need to keep doing these micro... It, let's put it this way. I don't think there needs to be a revolution in VR for people like Microsoft to benefit at this point. Just, just quick, baby steps. Uh, quick, quick breaking news. Uh, I'm watching the Stadia keynote while we're talking here. And they just announced a new Baldur's Gate game. What? Awesome. On the Stadia? <laughs> yeah. I will, uh, keep, I will keep giving updates as we're talking here. here here's the problem. Uh, Divinity Original Sin 1 and 2 are... You know, for this generation, as good or better as Baldur's Gate was for that generation. Uh, Baldur's Gate's a great property, yeah. but... Uh, we'll, we'll see. We'll I see, mean, right? Divinity yeah. and Pillars of Eternity. Even though Divinity has surpassed Pillars, people agree the Divinity games have got are overall better than Pillars of Eternity. Nevertheless, both of them are basically modern versions of Baldur's Gate, Icewind Dale, Neverwinter Nights, and so forth. Um, and Baldur's Gate's D and D, though, man. Baldur's Gate's D and D, and. Let's yep. be honest, Dungeons and Dragons is cool. You know, I'm always talking about Critical Role, which gets, you know, hundreds of thousands of hits, uh, you know, raising millions of dollars. Stephen Colbert was on a week or two ago. I don't know if you saw that. He did a one hour uh, RPG campaign with the Critical Role people because he's such a fucking nerd. All the co- New York Times had a big article front page about all the cool kids playing D&D. So Baldur's Gate's from the Forgotten Realms, which is the most you know important part of D&D. And so if they can make a game as good as Divinity or better with D&D, hell yeah, I would be into that. I mean, part of my problem with Divinity and uh, Pillars and initially with, with even The Witcher is you have to learn these world-building stuff that's as complicated as Dungeons & Dragons but with no background. If I could jump into Baldur's Gate, I already have a background in it, so that makes me very excited. That's great news. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, Move on. Okay. Do so we let's, want to? Uh, well, no. Let's. I want to just do a couple more of what can the X whatever next gen offer that we haven't brought up yet? Media Center, maybe slightly better specs integration with pc integration with vr anything else that it could offer uh to set itself we're gonna get to software uh before we get to software anything else austin or ethan that that microsoft could offer uh to set itself apart from playstation which in the console market i'm taking the switch out because it's different you know but i I think it's an 80 20 split between the xbox and playstation at this point this this isn't necessary but this this would be a great touch if they do this and i fully expect like if if sony doesn't do this they're just insane but i expect one the next the new controllers for both systems to have usb-c fuck usb-b micro b fucking sucks and charging is so much faster on c it's such much better system I've told uh, really quick, uh, Austin. I've told Ethan this. Um, my uh, MacBook Pro only has two USB C, USB three ports, and it <laughs> runs games. Uh, external SSD drives that go into USB C run better than running off my internal SSD drive. Mm-hmm. That's how good yeah. they are. Plus, it keeps the heat out of the, the computer and so forth. Yeah. Um. 
But the, the 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 other nice touch that I would like to see happen from Xbox Baldur's Gate by D- by Divinity Original Sin developers, by the way. Perfect. Um, I would love to see uh, legacy controller support for the system. Could you? Uh, could you? Um. So for the so listeners, what, what that what what that basically means is I want to be able to use my Xbox 360 controller mm-hmm. with my new Xbox. There's no reason why I shouldn't. Right, mm-hmm. we're, we're we're past this point now. I, listen, I get it. Controller sales are a big selling point for these consoles, right? You can make you make fifty dollars off every controller you sell, right? Uh, in gr- in gross numbers. So, I like, but I would love to see. I, I would love to be able to just use my old. I would love to be able to use my three sixty controller because I think the three sixty controller was the best Xbox controller has ever been. Mm-hmm. I would love to be able to use it. It's USB. There's no reason why I can't plug it in, mm-hmm. right? And use it. It's other than mm-hmm. they refuse to let me use it. So I, I feel like I feel like that would be a good guy move. I just can we watch the one minute Baldur's Gate three reveal trailer together real quick? Yeah, I just put it in the um in the chat. You see it? Yeah, we could just screen share it too if you want. Uh, does it matter? Can't we just hit play at the same time? Yeah, sure. All right, I've already seen it, but yeah, you guys go ahead. All right, and count to. Th- Three, two, uh, one, play. Here we go. I already like it. Ooh. Is this CG high? Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, that's all CG. That, that, that's all records. Oh, uh, this is gonna blow everything away. They've started doing... Oh, what is that? They're doing a little bit of this in Divinity 2. Not this dark. Oh, man, this Witcher shit. What? The White Walkers! Some Cthulhu yeah. action. They're gonna. They're going hard. I like it. That's fire. Yep. Oh, the side note. Uh, people tend to think Dungeons and Dragons is just an expanded, ripped-off version of Tolkien, but there's a lot of horror uh, HP Lovecraft stuff. Actually, if you really get into Dungeons and Dragons, a lot of like scary monsters. So that's cool that they're working into it. Um, I'm pumped. Give it to me. Who announced that, Ethan? Wait. That was Stadia. That was Stadia. Okay. So the, the, the Stadia keynote right now, I think they're announcing a Call of Duty title. No, Watch this is now. Breakpoint. This is Breakpoint. Oh, this is Breakpoint? Yeah, Tom Clancy's oh, okay. Breakpoint. So, awesome. What? This is just on their platform? This is Google exclusive this is stadia no no, no they haven't announced exclusive yet they just announced it for we, we I, i'm watching the keynote live they haven't announced jack shit they just announced titles so just explain so, to me and the listeners so when google stadia announces a title like Baldur's gate 3 who so that that means that means the game will be on the stadia platform which means you'll be able to stream it to the stadia system but you still play it through an xbox or playstation depending on whatever system it is it could be your laptop it could be your phone it could be your smart tv it could be your Sort fridge, as long as it supports Stadia. Hmm. 
Yeah, Ghost Recon. That's Break crazy. Yep. Oh, I have I have the live feed going. Um, how about we keep the live feed, you know, kind of sound down, but we can kind of be monitoring it. That's mm-hmm. what I, that's yeah, what that's what we got doing. Okay, so we'll kind of talk about this. This is cool. We've never done live coverage like this before. Okay, so what are we watching right now? Uh, this looks like some... Ghost, Ghost Recon? I don't know what this is right now. This, I think we were this just is Ghost, Ghost Recon. Recon. Now it's on something else. Yeah, it was Ghost Recon. I'm on something you, else now. It's on something. Yeah, you're behind, YouTube Jesse. Here, here's a YouTube live stream if you don't have it. This I'm, is uh, I'm on game. YouTube, uh, so maybe YouTube's behind. Try refreshing. Try refreshing. Okay. Missing. It's a horror game. Oh, this is is some horror game. This is the. Is this the Ashley Birch game? No. No, it's not. You know which one I'm talking about, right? This is like yeah, I know what you're talking about. This is prey. This is like something like prey. This is this is clearly unreal. People are writing Half Life Three, Life is Strange Three. Oh, this is hilarious. (laughs) Oh wow, this is like. Whoa! This looks like a Coraline. Yeah, some dark stuff like that. Yeah, it, lo- it looks like Unreal Engine Four, though. That's Neil Gaiman's last thing. He did write brilliant video games. Ooh. Okay. All right. Let's keep the conversation Yo. going on the podcast, so I don't have to edit yeah. through this. Yeah. Um. So, e- Ethan. Uh. uh You'll be the point man when they switch to a new property. We'll briefly say what it is, and then we'll keep the conversation going. Yeah. yeah. So while we're doing all this, I still don't understand the Google Stadia thing. So Google Stadia, it enables you to play all sorts of games on all sorts of different systems. But who are Correct. you paying? Who, who gets paid for the game? So Google will pay. This is the likely scenario. I don't know how this, these contracts always work, but this, this is the likely scenario. The likely scenario is Google will pay a dev, a publisher, whoever, for rights to stream the game, and then you purchase state, you purchase access to Stadia, and that allows you to give you a license. those games to your platform, to, to whatever you're streaming it to, whoever supports it. So, let me give you two examples. So, Call of Duty available on all systems, right? So in that case, they would license it from Activision. But what about like Horizon Zero Dawn 2 or Last of Us 2? So then they would license it from Sony Studios? Sony or the publisher or uh, not publisher, the the, the dev. Do you see this as being a straight up payment? Do you see it as back end? Do you see it as... They get a cut of extra sales. Like, how does the model work? It won't be cut of extra sales. It'll either be monthly payment to have the license, or it'll be straight up. I swear to God. This game is on our platform now. We give you a bunch of money. I I just announced Division 2 for Stadia. I swear to God, if I'm about to fight a major boss and get level 20 in Horizon, and I have to watch three 15-second commercials, I will lose my fucking mind. it, it It will not be that. It'll not be that. Yeah, they don't have advertisements on this. No, they they, they they will make you pay for it. There, there's there, they will not make the same mm-hmm. money off of advertising unless they make you. They, they will make yeah. you pay for it. I mean, they there's have to have learned from the backlash of free to play games, which have gone way downhill, like, with, with a f- few exceptions. People yeah. would rather play to not have to pay more and to not have to get ads. 
Sometimes, yeah. I mean, it, and it, it depends on the game and it depends on the genre. Uh, I mean, Dauntless is a great example of this is a free-to-play game where it has microtransactions. They're not very in your face. Mm-hmm. They're very present. They mm-hmm. don't offer pay-to-win. And they offer yeah. a great game for free that, that is at a genre that no one else is competing yeah. in. So you talk about how Stadia can be played even on like a phone or an iPad. So I, you know, I know that, that's what they market. Yeah, right, they right, market right. That. So let me give the example, which is in the last three years, the best, I'm sorry, the most downloaded games with a handful of exceptions like Candy Crush and stuff like that, the vast majority of the best uh, games and the most downloaded games on iPad and iPhones are ones that you pay between two ninety nine and nine ninety nine with no loot boxes, microtransactions, or extra things. If it has in app purchases, it says it right in the title. And when you buy it, it gives you the option before you even download it of paying the two ninety nine and getting everything, so you don't have to even deal with all that shit. So I think it'll be related to that lesson. Um, Austin, uh, we haven't really talked about the rise of both Apex Legends and uh, The Division 2. I would love to hear you talk about either or both of those. Um, Apex Legends, I, I have been playing it on console. Um, I have to download it on my PC, not on the back. But um, yeah, it's a great little game. Uh, you know, it's free. So, um, you know, there's... I, there wasn't any commitment to like buying it or playing it like that, but you know, it's a, it's a nice little game by, uh, EA. Um, the division two, I haven't gotten my hands on a copy of it yet. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it's really, uh, interesting game to say the least. Uh, I know division one had, you know, they had like flashes of being a good game, but there was just like a lot of rough spots oh, in it. But, hold on. Stadia Pro nine ninety nine a month. What yep. the fuck does? Uh, what does I, that I, mean? I didn't want to cut into what he was What saying. does that mean? So that, that, so that means the service is going to cost ten dollars a month, and they will continue to add games to the thing. But you still They're have to buy the games. Now, no, no. If you buy the service, you own the games that are part of the service, or have access to the sorry, have access to the games that are part. So of the it's multi tiered because you're not going to get all the Sony exclusives for nine ninety nine a month. Well, no, Sony HDR, won't put the games on it. But can they stop it because of Stadia's delivery method? It depends on how they own the game. So if mm. Google pays by month for the game, mm-hmm. then it's a contract between the people who own the, who have the license to the game and Stadia. If Stadia buys the right to have the game on Stadia permanently then you can't do anything at that point. They have the right to put to have the game streamed from their platform at that point. That's just the way it is. Doing their own controller is a big mistake, I think. No, it's not. I, I think it's... They, there's they, a just, for it. they just put um, PS4 controller support on iPhones. Yep. So I'm, I'm assuming that they're going to allow any controller with Stadia. I'm, I'm mm. not sure. Well, because I agree with you, Ethan. I, a but there, I still think a huge, I have yeah. a huge issue with this right now. Go ahead, go ahead, finish your thought. No, because even though you don't think I think this, I, I always say I still think the Xbox 360 is the most comfortable controller, for, especially for action games. It is, and I, I think, I think it is. Oh, here we go. They're announcing Destiny, Destiny 4. Too. Mm-hmm. I just want to turn this up real fast and listen to it. So, but you <laughs> still have to pay for season passes, right? And you still have to for, for Destiny and stuff like we, that. We, we don't know. We don't know yet. We don't mm-hmm. know yet. 
they released the game entirely okay. free. So what we Jesse, have to do, guys... Jesse's, yeah. about to, Jesse's about to do their big live stream about the future of their game, and supposedly uh-huh. they Whoop. are... So there's there's rumors about free-to-play Destiny, so we don't know right now. All right. Okay, so what we got to do, guys, is not just do a running commentary, but bring in the bigger issues of what's going on here and explain to the people, and they can watch these videos. So, uh, Ethan, talk about how you see Destiny 2 changing, evolving, getting better, and or worse with this situation. I'm I'm still still watching the thing in case they announce anything. Go ahead, ahead, Austin, while Ethan's watching. Yeah, Austin, go ahead. Destiny's got to, you know, since they're split from... uh, What's his face? But uh, since they're split now, and they're their own company, they they've got like their their game is in their own hands basically. So whatever they do now, it's gonna either make or break them because they they need to um, release new content for the game, make sure it's still running because you know there's not a lot of like games that can say that oh we're still player base is still like still there and everything. So they need to um, make sure that they keep who they have and like you know try to you know get those new players into there's a lot of stuff um wait what is this they're revealed they're showing the dlc trailer right now oh uh, um this just made destiny to the head of the pack because of the flexibility that you're talking about and the stream froze great i love it yeah i just rebooted i just re- reloaded it it looks this looks amazing Holy crap. So, Ethan, does this put the kibosh on Destiny 3 anytime soon? Probably 2020-2021. So, here's my question. Stadia? Yeah, it's freezing. I'm going to close it on my end, guys, because I need to keep hosting this podcast. Um, You can, you know, you can interject, obviously, with big stuff. Um, But... uh, I've got a lot of, even with my files connection, I got a lot of stuff coming in right now. Um, so uh, I will say this, even if this is great and even if their controllers are good and everything, I think this is not happening as soon as they're leading us to believe it's going to be fully implemented. Um, if for no other reason than a shit ton of fiber optic cable has to be laid down. And that takes time. I'm saying, especially because they're going to want to integrate with the new consoles, I'm saying Stadia fully operational 2021-2022. What do you guys think about that? Uh Uh-oh. Did I lose you? Holy crap. Holy shit. Shadow keep. Ethan, at least at least talk about what you're holy shedding about. I'm getting the whole information here. Hold on. There it is. All devices. My phone's okay. powerful enough so, to play. So. So. My iPhone XS could with, easily so, handle so this. Oh, wow. That's a lot of money. Fuck. Um, okay. So here's what they've announced. So they've announced. So they've announced. Uh, they announced Stadia Pro for ten dollars a month. You will get all of the games in the library, um, in, in the Stadia library, plus new and added games when they add them for ten bucks a month. You get access to those games with Stadia Pro that they have deals they with specifically. 
they have deals with specifically the games they have deal with. So Division Two, right. the Baldur's Gate game, mm-hmm. Destiny Two, uh, what else? They, uh, Ghost Recon, Breakpoint, uh, and anything else they add or announce will be with that service. So it's a it's a it's just like a subscription service, just like Netflix. You pay your, you pay your money every month. You get what they have, and you can play what they have access. What okay. you have access to. So they we- also announced the Stadia. Um, Austin, you still uh, there, buddy? I'm right here. Okay. They also just announced the Stadia exclusive um, mm-hmm. uh, collector's edition, and I don't. It, they're they're really pushing on the FOMO here, but for 129 dollars, you will get um, you will get uh, you you'll get a better version of Stadia. You'll get an exclusive Stadia controller. You'll get a Chromecast. You'll get uh, a special uh, Stadia unit uh, that you plug into your TV that syncs up with Chromecast and everything. You will get uh, the entire. You will get Destiny every expansion for Destiny Two that is currently out, plus the new expansion, plus the new annual pass that will go with that expansion. Uh, and you also get access. I think they said you get access to choosing your gamer tag first among other players. Because you, you had access to Stadia three months early. Okay. So they said that's a total of $300 value, and they're selling it for $129. Yeah. Think about that. Okay. That you so don't have to download games. I'm you just stream them. Starting to understand the delivery service and the logistics, I'm still not understanding how everyone makes as much or more money than they're making now by selling video games. So rather than just buying the game straight out, and owning it permanently, or no, being not consumers. Tied to Sorry, whoever sold it. To put put yourself in in the shoes of the Sony Studios and the Nintendo Studios. Let's take those two. Okay. Nintendo exclusives, Sony exclusives. Do they participate? And if they do, how do they continue to get their profit margins the same or more? Sony Studios will not participate. Period. They won't. They have too many exclusives. They would rather keep those exclusives on their system, and they would rather sell their system because that's the only thing that sells their system, right? People mm-hmm. aren't playing on a PS5 because they like the PS5. They're playing the PS5 because it has the best single-player games and has the best exclusive games on the market for this generation. That's it. Nobody likes Sony particularly. They like what Sony has to offer. If it was the other way around, they'd be playing an Xbox. Your 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 notion With, that people don't like Sony in, in like the mainstream is just totally off. People are either loyal to Xbox or loyal to PlayStation. That's it. Yeah, I have no. You know, a lot of people hate Nintendo. Have, they hate Pokemon. They're sick of all that shit. You know, it, I people have all have no their stuff. Doubt that there are loyalists. I have no doubt that there are loyalists. Yeah. However. I, the vast majority of people yeah. who sell their consoles, who buy their games, are not tied down okay. to Team Blue or Team Green uh-huh. or Team Red. Okay, right? They are tied down to the games they want to play. Okay, okay. So Sony games will not be Sony will not be participating. But let's say Microsoft wants to participate. Uh-huh. Okay, they they probably won't. Close either, your windows. Like, I'm Microsoft. I'm pulling a bizzle. Close close this right now. We can you can revisit this later. We can add it. We can do it as a subsequent thing. But we need to keep it, this it, podcast it's, going. It's why I wanted a podcast tomorrow because both of these announcements were happening today, and I wanted to talk about this all tomorrow. Anyway, okay. So let's just now it's just Gamespot talking about bullshit or whatever. Um. So 
can I throw can I throw something out which I brought up earlier? Mm-hmm. Not a coincidence that Microsoft and Sony, who normally hate each other, are working on cloud delivery service and artificial intelligence, which are two major things that Google has been talking about in relation to Stadia and their projects. So my question oh, yeah. is, Nintendo has their own stuff. They probably won't participate, or not fully. Sony has their own stuff. Name of the game is the game, at least through the PS5. They won't participate. But where does Microsoft fall in if, if they hadn't signed this very public deal with Sony to seem to do some kind of competition, right, Ethan? Then it wouldn't be an issue. But it seems that they're very threatened by Stadia, even while partially participating. I, I don't know where this leaves Microsoft and Sony. If they're going to really try and compete, if they're going to do an alternative, a supplementary thing. Do either of you guys have a sense about this? So here's here's where Sony and Microsoft want to compete, right? They see this as a threat to everything that they are selling. Xbox in particular, because they are pushing this Game Pass where you have for 10 bucks a month, same price, right? Mm-hmm. Same price. You get all of these games so long as you have the subscription, you can play all of these games. And that's where Xbox sees this as a competition. Because if you are a, if you are a person who can only spend your ten dollars a month on one of these services, Xbox wants to make sure no, that I, you spend it there. I I, I, I get is, it. I keep wanting to steer you back to the corporate side, not the consumer. Everything here is great for the consumer. I, I'm trying to steer us back towards what Microsoft and Sony and Nintendo are thinking and how they're going to respond. I, I, I know. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. I'm getting there. So do you do? You, let me clarify. Do you want do do you want me to address specifically the Xbox and Sony partnership with this, or do you want me to look at more corporate and just in general? So corporate in terms of the business, but also how this affects game development and creativity. You know, the fact that Nintendo and Sony can really shelter their internal studios and they keep producing high quality games because they they can really shelter them from a lot of this shit and then the higher corporates they worry about marketing and sales and so forth and the great right. Nintendo games and the great Sony games keep selling specifically because they're optimized for you know we always talk about optimized for the PlayStation experience optimized for the Switch experience so how right. does this affect so on the high level business and how does this affect game development in terms of the creativity so for game development in particular what this means is a couple things one it means it means Google is at least trying to solidify itself as a major player in the business. Mm-hmm. It means that Google can, A, start to fund and develop their own games for their system. Meaning games like, uh, so so the, the Divinity 2 developers, right? It's clear that Google is either, A, buying them out and having them work on a game, this Baldur game specifically for Stadia, or they are part of some deal where Google is paying them money so that they can, so the Baldur's Gate devs can have more money to continue to develop games or whatnot. And for some, for some deal, whether it means Stadia gets early access or Stadia only gets Baldur's Gate game or whatever it is, okay? Mm-hmm. So that, that, that's where the development side comes in. Mm-hmm. On the corporate side, what this means is there is another player in the industry who is going to be offering a service so that consumers have have another option and threaten all the other systems of of 
buying their games, mm-hmm. right? It many people well, where I was trying to go with the with the Game Pass comparison was Xbox wants you to buy their Game Pass, mm-hmm. meaning now that this is also ten dollars a month. Everybody has a choice whether they want if they're going to spend on one of the things. Do I want to buy Stadia or do I want to buy Game Pass? Mm-hmm. Do I want to keep paying for PlayStation uh, online and get those free games every month? Right. Mm-hmm. It, it 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 becomes a competition now where each each service is bidding for each consumer's money. Mm-hmm. Um, can, it's not it's it's, it's, it's not a consu- it's not it's not a consumer thing. It is no. a corporate thing. That was excellent excellent analysis. Each each service now has it, it now that now that Google is player four, player four has entered the game, right? Mm-hmm. Like th- at least that's where they're positioning themselves. Yep. It, it, again, again, this is all very exciting, but yep. I need to take, I need to take this real quick back down to earth, right? There is no proof that stadium works as they say it will. And when Until was what I was saying. Yeah. November, November. Um, but I mean, fully implemented what they're promising. It's, I'm just, what I'm saying is a subset of what you're saying that it works the way they say when it works, that it'll be hundred percent, et cetera, blah, 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 blah. Yes. I'm agreeing with you. Yeah. Um, here's the other thing. Here's the other thing. Can they I also announced, go ahead. I want to Austin, can I loop you in here? What's up? Had you known about the Sony Microsoft thing a couple weeks ago? Yeah, I had found out through uh-huh. Twitter. And, um, uh-huh. you know, I, I see it as an opportunity for them to, like, you know, somewhat settle their differences. They're, you know, because Xbox is out there. Um, they don't really have a lot of, like, exclusive games mm-hmm. and stuff like that. So maybe with this partnership, they could, you know, come out with a bunch of, like, mm-hmm. newer games. They could outsource to, like, indie devs or something like mm-hmm. that and put onto this, like, I don't know, whatever this service could be. I don't know what. They could either be, like, streaming what Xbox games on a PS4 or something mm-hmm. like that. I don't I don't know what, so what could happen. Here, here, here are three scenarios, guys, to loop this all together. Sony, Microsoft, and the Google Stadia stuff. Let's... I'm going to talk about Sony Microsoft. I have at least three scenarios about why the Sony Microsoft thing happened in such an extreme way, so suddenly, so publicly. The first scenario is, while they're not bitching about Stadia openly, they are trying to develop a direct competitive service. Okay? I'm not going to weigh in on these. I'm just going to give you my theories, and you guys can weigh in. So, one is a direct competitor to Stadia. The second scenario is in the middle, which is supplementary to stadia right you some of stadia stuff some of their own stuff right um and maybe that's the most realistic but austin ethan and i talked about this which is what is and let me ask you this as a semi-rhetorical question they mentioned cloud services and ai okay what does sony have that microsoft doesn't when it comes to consoles in particular and what does Microsoft have that Sony doesn't, in your opinion? Sony has, I'd say, like a much more lively populated player base. There's a lot of people who play on um, like PS4s, from what I understand. And that like um, the main problem is that they don't really have friends on Xbox, or so there's not enough attractive games to play over there. They have games. So if they, Sony has well, the, much more ex- great exclusives in the last couple of years. Mm-hmm. That's one thing. Yeah. And, you know, they could reach out and try to, like, 
you know, connect these two player bases together, um, knowing that, you know, if they open up their servers or something like that to each other with more cross-play implemented, that, uh, you know, just having... I, I'm really not sure what this could be. I just like, hey, they're collaborating. Can I tell you? So, Can I tell yeah, you my so. theory? So there's two things. There's one thing Sony definitely has and one thing they might have. Now, they specifically mentioned AI and cloud services, okay? Cloud services is what Microsoft has, right? Microsoft has vast cloud services. I don't know if they're good, but they're vast and they're constantly developing, and you know, and they need it because of Windows, all the PCs, etc. So the cloud service thing in the public relations of this all is coming from Microsoft. Now they couldn't mention the games in the official announcement, right? Microsoft couldn't come out and say we're signing with Sony because they have much better games and we want to get Horizon and The Last of Us on on the Xbox. Like, whether that's true or not, there's no way in the initial announcement they were going to say that because it would be very emasculating to them as a company, right? Especially a company that's trying to do, and this is where we're going to head next about Microsoft having exclusives. Um, It's very emasculating to a company that has had way fewer exclusives and way, way, way fewer great exclusives, right? So they couldn't say that. So what else does Sony have? By process of elimination, AI, I think Sony, who has been investing in robotics in AI for a long time and is an Asian company, and we know Asians are like a thousand years ahead of us in robotics and AI, I think Sony has... Are you a Terminator fan? Oh, yeah, a little bit. I so you know the idea that, that, that Skynet, it turns out, mm-hmm. isn't just a single AI that goes crazy, but it is actually yeah, a yeah. conglomeration of like yeah, traffic AI, computer AI, uh, you know, flight plans. It's like all these different AIs conglomerated to become Skynet, right? I think Sony has an extremely advanced AI like in a closet somewhere. And Microsoft wants a piece of it. And it's so good that Google's afraid of it. Because the one thing that a company like Sony, who does have, by the way, partnerships with other robotics companies like Toshiba and so forth. The one thing they can have that Google does not have is truly next-generation artificial intelligence. That is my theory about what's going on. Because other than some great exclusives, that's the only thing I can think of that Sony has that Microsoft doesn't. What do you think of that theory? And then, Ethan, you can respond. Um... Sorry, I'm like drawing up. And, and by the yeah. way, this isn't a dystopia conspiracy theory. This is just process of elimination and me following tech trends with artificial intelligence and robotics in Japan and in Korea. I, yeah. I the, 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 for me, it will always go back to they are bridging the gap because the infrastructure in the U.S. fucking sucks, and for a cloud streaming service to be successful. We need better infrastructure in the U.S., and I think as both of them, as our major competitors in the gaming industry, they are splitting the check to get cloud services running, and they are both running on the safe service, and then this allows a partnership between the two companies for cross-play, cross-save, whatever else they're looking to do. No, no, I agree. I agree. That's what I I I think this is. I I, got to interrupt, though, because I want to go back to the AI thing, because AI isn't just robots, right? AI is extremely 
extremely smart computers that can think for themselves. And guess what has not changed or improved much with Google over the past 20 years is their search functions, right? I mean, Google has not really gotten that much better with the deep, uh, you know, semi sort of sentient search functions that 20 years ago, a lot of us thought would for sure be the case now. Now, they focused so much on targeted advertising, but even that has been a failure and everyone blocks ads anyways, right? So what I'm saying is Google seems to rule the world, but they do have glaring weaknesses scientifically and one of those is advanced AI, and they are an American company, and American companies have not prioritized robotics and artificial intelligence. And based on the announcement where they stressed AI with cloud services, cloud's coming from Microsoft, I have to think the AI side of this is coming from Sony, and that is the one thing they can leverage against Google. Because, you know, Microsoft's cloud might be getting better, you know, but Google can compete with the cloud side of things, obviously. But Google cannot compare with the cutting edge AI robotics technology. I know this is a futurist thing, but if you follow the stuff online, it's much more advanced than you might think and has practical applications in video games, computer games, but also search functions, cloud services, and so forth. And so this is why I think it's that middle scenario where this partnership is partially competing with some of what Stadia does, but actually is a longer view that is competing with Google. I think they're going to try and compete with Google as a company on a lot of levels more than the gaming side of things because Sony needs to diversify. Going back to my original point, which is if they got the PS5 and the only real money they're making right now is from video games and they were admitting they don't know what that's going to happen with video games after the PS5, they need to diversify what they're doing and expanding into, you know, uh, moving towards the singularity, essentially, in in computer technology, uh, I I think is what's happening here. Me being a futurist and reading about this stuff, um, I I don't know. That's that's a theory. I'm not saying that's that's what's happening, but based on the announcements and based on the developments, Ethan, uh, would you agree that it's at least possible that my Microsoft and Sony are trying to compete with Google on levels far beyond just Stadia. I it, everything you said has plausibility because if, if Stadia is no, 100 percent as amazing as they say, then Sony and Microsoft are screwed in gaming. But they're not screwed if they start competing. I mean, Gmail hasn't improved in 30 years. Google Search hasn't really improved in 30 years. Like. Google has a lot of problems. There's a major culture problem in Silicon Valley that's being documented. Facebook, no one saw Facebook collapsing a couple of years ago, you know, because they, they throw out all these big ideas or all these young guys and there's no improvement. Facebook hasn't improved in 30 years. So I, I think there's a lot going on behind the scenes and Microsoft has taken leaps and bounds in quality and services they're offering. Sony wants to get in on it and they do have interest financially technological and otherwise again with robotics ai um and even things like quantum computing and stuff like that which google promised like 20 years ago and they're nowhere near quantum computing so i think this is a long-term partnership that is going to compete on all levels with google and they're going to accept stadia and and eat their losses um on this Uh, and i'll leave it at that because i want to get back to earth for the final part of the podcast let you guys talk about what you want specifically about 
about game stuff coming out at, e- at E3, and we'll ground this more. But I want to give you both final words on, on this big, you know, sort of highfalutin, uh, you know, high-level shit, and then we'll bring it back down to Earth. So, uh, Austin, and then Ethan, and then we'll get to some games and close it out. I mean... I don't. I, I really. Can you at really least much. agree that Google is nowhere near a, as advanced and good as maybe we thought they would have been twenty years ago or even ten years ago? Yeah, they're they're grasping on what it is to be a part of like this gaming stuff. Like they're doing, they're stepping, like they're getting their feet wet with the streaming things like that. But you know, this this also could just be another thing like that Roku gaming thing or whatever <laughs> like you know those streaming dvr game boxes that come with a controller like it could be another yeah, one of it, those it, it's it's that is by far the biggest concern that everyone still holds and that i keep bringing up and i will always bring up and always keep everyone down to earth on is we do not know it works yet and by work mm-hmm. i mean yes i'm certain it functions what i mean is when I press my W key or I tilt my controller forward, is it going to move around as my controller is moving or is it going to lag a lot, right? Like, listen, I streamed Civ 3 and Civ 6 from, um, from, my, from my Chromebook to my home computer and was playing Civ 6 and Civ 3 in class during high school all the time, right? Yep. And it was laggy, but it... it I wasn't paying for the service as a free service, but it's a laggy. It, it was a laggy mm-hmm. thing, and that was fine for mm-hmm. a strategy game. But think about how that would feel on an action game. It just it, it the infrastructure is not there yet. Jesse, everything you said is very plausible. Okay, that's uh, that's what I'm going to say to that. I do not think necess- I, I think they are teaming up to make a cloud service. To build the infrastructure and push Google out of the push push Google out of the system, so mm-hmm. that they do not have a fourth competitor to deal with. It's that is that yeah. It's a little tough to it, talk well, about because when we talk when we sorry real quick when we talk tech on the podcast, it's normally in relation to games, and I realize I'm going beyond it, but that is only because the again because of what Stadia could do, and let's be honest homogenization in any industry like Disney buying every film studio is not good for business in the long term. So Stadia homogenizing the games industry is not good for business. If it de-incentivizes studios under Nintendo and Sony for making exclusives, all of a sudden we're not getting Breath of the Wild, Horizon, and so forth. That's not the case. That's not the case. I'm I'm talking long term. I'm talking long term. Hold on. Let me me finish. Now, we talked about the PlayStation controller can work with my iPhone XS, right? And my iPhone XS... You know, I have the top end model. I mean, I don't have the big screen, but I have everything else. The top end model is more powerful than a lot of people's computers in a lot of ways. I can use a VR headset with my iPhone XS. Like that's where we're at. Like Google Stadia, again, even if it's only eighty percent functional, will power wise will work fine on my iPhone XS. That's not what I'm worried about. But the reason I need to bring in non gaming topics is because Google like Facebook and some of these other companies have failed to innovate in their core strengths over the years 
And I think companies like Sony and Microsoft who have succeeded in some areas and failed in others and are struggling in others are going to try and compete. So you know, you know how companies have vertical and horizontal elements, right? So the console market is horizontal. Everyone's doing consoles and they're competing. Vertical is I'm doing consoles. I'm doing computers. I'm doing search engines. I'm doing cloud. I'm doing artificial intelligence. I'm doing delivery systems. I'm doing stores like the Apple store. I have the Sony store, have the Microsoft store. That's vertical. I think they're going vertical. And and I want to get back to games because this is a games podcast. I just couldn't explain my full theory without bringing in non-game stuff because as rich as the video game industry is, it's as successful as Stadia is going to be. The stock value and cash value of Google will still be vastly outnumbered what they make, even in the best case scenario from games, from everything else they do. I will, I, I will, I will leave it at two sentences because I need to get ready to go and we want to wrap this up. Everything you've said is plausible. I disagree. I will leave it at that. Well, it's not a matter of disagreeing. It's just that the games industry is is more valuable than television and film. I, I, I didn't I, I, I didn't say anything about that. Yeah. I was talking about your whole theory as a whole. Right. Your theory is plausible. Your statements are true. I disagree that that is what they're trying to do as a whole. I think it is a different direction. You think That's it's it. just That's about gaming? Media. I seriously think it's just about gaming. Okay. I have no doubt that they will then okay. All right. use, I, I have no doubt they will reap what they sow after mm-hmm. it is either a successful or not successful. Mm-hmm. Cause that that's what corporations do. Mm-hmm. But I think the, I, I think, I think it's for a different reason. And I've said it before. I'll, I, I said it before on a previous podcast. Yeah. Um, this is one of those cases where, we're disagreeing on some things, but we're also talking about different aspects of the industry. So it's not a straight disagreement, meaning this deserves its own podcast. And I know you guys have to go, but I really want to get a couple quick software hits in to bring this back down to earth. So each of you guys pick one or two things that you're looking forward to from Microsoft or whoever, and then we'll do a post E3 podcast where we can dissect when we actually have information. Austin, you go first. Uh, I really want to see some, you know, returning IPs from Nintendo. I want to see a lot of Halo. Um, for Sony, I want to see, you know, a state of play because I know they're not going to be at E3, but I want them to release their sort of direct also. But um, yeah, Microsoft, hopefully y'all win E3. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Eth? Yeah, uh... Super excited for what Halo will be. Super excited for Master Chief Collection. Well, because you guys are like uh, Microsoft has all these excited. exclusives they're promising, but you've only named one or two. That's because they have a total setting of them. They're li- they're leaving it all for the show. That's why that's why we'll do an E three afterwards. Like the literally the, the promotion for their exclusives mm-hmm. are Halo, Ori in the Blind Forest two, and I think Cuphead. So literally, like. Oh, sorry, Gears 5. It wasn't coming. It was Gears 5, Halo, and Ori and the Blind Forest 2. That was their promotion for E3. Seriously. Mm-hmm. So they're fourth, we, don't, we don't know. That, that, that's why, that's okay. why I dropped 14 exclusives rather than naming all these games. So Because we don't know. So what we got to do to end this is 
when does this take place and when can I get you guys back on to actually talk about actual information? I'm down uh, the after the after E3. When is it? After the 13th. After the 13th. Yeah, the, that's after- perfect for me too, actually. The 13th is a week from today. Mm-hmm. So that Friday or that weekend, does that work? Yeah, that works for me. So we'll just uh, stay in touch over the week. We'll keep the Discord talks going as we get more information. Um, maybe we do... Um, uh, are, are you guys going to try and watch it live? I know I'm going to be watching um, the Nintendo Direct live on Discord with some friends. Uh-huh. I'm definitely going to catch that. Okay. I'll so wa- we'll just I'll sort of keep our own sort of live conversation going. Uh, but that we'll, we'll, by the time we come back uh, and talk about it, we'll have seen all the trailers, watched all this stuff. I didn't expect all this stuff to come. Uh, this has never happened on the podcast before. Uh, so it was kind of cool, uh, but I wasn't really prepared for it. So we will be um, fully um, edumacated. And since you guys are much more Nintendo and Xbox guys than me, um, I'll, uh, we'll, we'll get some topics and some games that we're excited about. And we'll talk about that. Does that sound good? All right. All right, Ethan, uh, your final thought about anything, Austin, and then your final thought, and then we'll close out, Eth. Uh Super excited for whatever Bungie is announcing in seven minutes. Uh, this is their this is their announcement. This is their statement about them being an individual developer. Where? Obviously, there's a whole Stadia thing that's part of it, but where can we watch it? Whatever they have to say. Where can we you watch can it? Go to, you can watch it on any of the Bungie channels on YouTube, Twitch, or Mixer. Awesome. Um, what what's a dream release that's either rumored or you just have a smell, but it's not confirmed whatsoever? Eth, like, well, they just they just confirmed cross saves. Okay. Um. Um. And then they uh. uh obviously, there's an expansion this fall coming mm-hmm. with more to come the following year. Does and then the Destiny three news for 2020 or 2021? Which one? Oh, oh, Eth, really quickly, I want to ask you. Then Austin, I'll give you final thought. Um. Does PlayStation announcing seemingly both directional compatibility with the 4 and the 5 change anything when it comes to the Xbox? No, in fact, it's to be expected with both systems. Basically, what that article said is um, if you're playing, if you're playing, as a per- perfect example, if you're playing Destiny 2 on the PS4, you will also be able to play Destiny 2 on the PS5, and you will both be able it, there's two people playing on either system, you'll both be able to connect and play with each other. However, if you're playing a PS5 game, you won't be able to play that on the PS4 because it's not on the PS4. Am I going to Bungie or Destiny game channel? Bungie. Bungie. Um, I'll say I'll say, I'll say the link in a minute. Uh-huh. Um, okay, Austin, final thought. Something that you th- are pretty sure know about that you're excited about, um, and then like a wish, a wishful thing uh, that you'd love to hear, but it might never happen. Cyberpunk 2077 yeah. updates, please. Um, Halo Infinite, mm-hmm. I really got high hopes for you being an MMO. Mm-hmm. Uh, I really, because, you know, they hired somebody that was good with skill trees mm-hmm. or something like that. But I just want Microsoft to win. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that's it. Awesome. All right, guys. Thank you so much. I'm going to let you go. Less than five minutes to Destiny 2. Ethan, uh, if, if today, tomorrow, you want to do just a quickie uh, to recap this. 
I would be happy to do that. Um, yeah, absolutely. And tack it on or release it separately. So we will stay in touch about that. I will be watching Perfect. this. Austin, thank you so much for being on. I, I really hope we can do this more uh, more often. Uh, Ethan and I are way, way, way more civil <laughs> when you're on the podcast. <laughs> Um, and it's just nice to get yeah, another I'll get accused as a fucking Xbox shill that's Austin's job and I don't, right, I don't get accused as a Sony shill fuck Bethesda <laughs> oh no you're fuck, a Sony shill after fuck fuck Bethesda um, uh, Jesse's about to go play Skyrim after this now <laughs> <laughs> go play Oblivion you'll have much more fun <laughs> alright guys thank you so much thank you Bizzlecast listeners Thank you, Awkward Controllers listeners. Uh, the, uh, you can check out Ethan L underscore Fedorable on Twitch and uh, Austin. Twitter as well. Yep. And Twitter and Austin. Twitter is the best place to find you? Yeah, Mr. X Soy Sauce. Mr. X Soy Sauce, what a great name. Um, <laughs> and uh, they're great guys to talk about. And we'll have you guys back on soon. So thank you so much. Everybody, enjoy the next week with all these reveals. It's a very strange time, um, and we'll know a lot more in a week, and we'll reconvene and talk about it. Um, so for now, thank you all for joining. Um, but for now, the Bizzlecast is out.